good to be with you on this Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but this of all years, I would have hated to have missed church. Of all the times that we need to come and celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus, it is this year. Amidst all the turmoil, all the confusion, all the anger and hate speech and everything that's rolling around in the media and on social media, it's just good to be together as the church on this holy, sacred night. And as I think about, uh, as I often do, I, I go back and I reread all my old sermons. Most of them seem to me really bad, especially Christmas Eve sermons. I feel like I don't do a great job of Christmas Eve. But, but as I read through them, I, I read the things that I was writing about. And I find that there's a sense in which you know, because we're, we're North Americans and we're fairly well-to-do, though not rich, middle class, and it's always that attempt to remind us of the poverty and the helplessness and the vulnerability of the first family, Mary and Joseph and the Christ child, and to be in touch with, with the vulnerability. But this year, it doesn't seem quite so difficult to relate to the vulnerability of Mary and Joseph and the Christ child. As we walk through this hard year, we're very aware of it. We're very aware of, of the vulnerability that we all feel, that we all felt as we became aware of this virus that had infected uh, another part of the world and was transmitting across to us. And who knew come Christmas when we were at Easter that we'd still be in the midst of it, that you'd still be wearing masks and we'd still be RSVPing for services and dealing with all of these things, and yet here we are. I want to remind you tonight that, that the world that Jesus was born into was a world of chaos. I mean, yes, there was the Roman Empire, but the Roman Empire and its governmental demands, things like go to your birth city so that you can be registered so that we can take your money, that was going on in the first century as it is today. We're still being called to go and sign up for the census and pay our taxes. But there's, there's all sorts of things swirling around the family as they come to Bethlehem on that first morning, and yet Christ is born into this vulnerable, power-driven world. You, you need to understand that, that Caesar Augustus, who's mentioned in the reading from Luke's version, Caesar Augustus declared himself to be the son of God, the savior of the world. When I first heard that, I, my mouth just dropped. Because, you know, when we, we talk about Jesus being the Savior of the world, being the Son of God, we, we think that was something that the world had never heard before, which is why it was so hard to believe. And, but, but that wasn't the reason. The, the reason it was hard to believe is because there was already this high and powerful Caesar who had declared himself to be the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and called the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, to be the great peace, the great Savior. There will always be competing powers that will claim to be our savior, that will claim to be the, the, the heir to the throne of our lives. And yet, in the midst of it, we hear the Christ child proclaimed first by angels and then by shepherds. 
Christ comes into our world for two reasons. Yes, to be our Savior, to be our Lord. He comes and he affirms humanity. For God to say, I so value humans that I will become one of them, I think is something that we probably need to spend more time contemplating. The incarnation, that God would say, it's good to be human. I'm going to become one of you. Is, is just one of those things that I think we, we can never talk enough about. Christ comes to affirm, to honor, to show the worth of humanity. And you know, as I've walked through this hard year, as you all have, there are people that I will not be with for Christmas that, that it just kills me to not be around. But their relationships, the love I have for them, the time we get to spend, the little time we get to spend outside each Sunday, those of us that are here out in the courtyard, just getting a, a little bit of taste of socialization and interaction is, is so important and you realize the goodness of relationships. And you realize that the, the, the things we pursue, the awards and the degrees and the success and all the money, and all, that it all falls away if we don't have relationships. And God honored us as humanity by becoming one of us. But secondly... Jesus comes into the world revealing the great need for a Savior. To come to, to save us, to be our rescuer, to be the one who, who runs into the burning building and takes us out, so to speak, metaphorically, to bring us to safety. Because no government, no, no law, no, no national movement or international movement can, can truly save us. Only God who has made us can save us. And so God comes to do what only he can do to bring us his salvation. I love the way the Apostle Paul says it in, in Corinthians. He says, he who was rich became poor that through his poverty we might be made rich. Christ came to bring us to the riches of heaven he was pleased to dwell among us. That's what it means when it says he was with whom he is well pleased. It doesn't mean he's well pleased with you, by the way, when the angels declare that. Like, he's really pleased with everything you're doing. Please don't misinterpret. He's pleased to dwell among you. But it's because of the fact that we have fallen so far short that he must come. He comes to be our savior comes to give his life for humanity but before he dies upon the cross he first comes to honor our humanity to be with us with us in the joys and in the sorrows the pains of life so tonight I want you to remember the gospel I want you to remember this incredible moment in time when God stepped into time and space and became one of us. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. 
Secondly, I, I want to remind you that if particularly this year you feel more vulnerable than ever before, maybe. If you're young, you probably have never felt anything that as crazy as we're going through. Don't worry, most of us who are much older than you, we've never experienced anything like this either. But perhaps you're, this year you're feeling more vulnerable, more uncertain. Maybe economically you're, you feel vulnerable. Maybe you're tired of being abused and pushed around by powers to be and it makes you angry. Whatever your political persuasion, you feel that way. Maybe you're angered by injustices that you feel, especially this year. I want to remind you that there are people all over the world and even some within our own country who feel these things not only in a year of pandemic, but every year. Vulnerable, economically, in every other way, angered frustrated. This year gives us a chance uniquely to be in solidarity with those who suffer, who don't know where their meal will come from, or if they'll live to see old age, or if they'll have money to sustain them through the next year. But lastly, I want to remind us on this most holy night that it is into the darkness of our world that Christ comes, that he brings his light, and that light is the hope of the world. And if you go back and look at the history of the Christian church, those who love Jesus and follow him, you will find that Christians shine brightest in the darkest times. Because our hope is not controlled by what we see externally, but by one who has come into our lives. I love Titus and his admonition to us that we are to, to remember that we are the redeemed. And that we need to act like it. That's what Paul says to Titus, basically. We are the redeemed and we need to act like it. And Isaiah echoes the same idea. You are not forsaken. You are beloved. God has remembered you. And he will be faithful to you. He will come and he will bring his salvation. He will bring you peace when the world says there is no peace, he'll bring you joy in the darkest of nights. All of our lessons together, but especially the birth narrative of Jesus, remind us and the world that God will have the final word. Amen? God will have the final word. No matter how dark it may look, Christ's brightness supersedes that darkness. We must simply continue to move forward with a living hope.
Christ our Savior who came as a fragile child will come again as a victorious king. We are the redeemed and we must live like it. So a couple of thoughts for Christmas Eve and into 2021. Be thankful for who you're with and where you are tonight rather than annoyed by who you're not with. Be thankful for what you have rather than frustrated by what you don't have. Hasn't that become very important over this year? The little time we do get to do the things we used to get to do. Be thankful for those things. Secondly, practice kindness towards strangers. If you want to be different in this world, just find random strangers and be nice to them. They may be the salesperson that calls your house, that annoys you, but be kind to them because it's a human being that's just trying to make a living. To a sales clerk that's either annoyingly asking you every five minutes what you need or who ignores you as if you're completely invisible for an hour and a half as you wander around the store. Be kind to those strangers. And lastly, pray for those around the world and in our country who deal with the types of things that all of us have been dealing with this year, every year. Pray for them. Intercede for them. And listen to what the Lord might call you to do. Oh, come, let us adore him. Let us adore Christ, our Savior, who is pleased to dwell with us. who shines bright on the darkest days. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ, our Savior. Amen.